hope and hopes. On paper, my brothers and sisters, those two words are almost exactly the same. In fact, one little letter distinguishes them. But theologically speaking, those two words, hope and hopes, mean very different things. For example, that it's possible for a person to have many hopes, but no hope, at the same time. Most atheists and agnostics probably fall into this category. Genuine hope is impossible for them. They can certainly have as many hopes as the rest of us. It's also possible for a person to have a lot of hope and at the same time very few, if any, hopes. When my mother was on her deathbed in 1990, she certainly fit into this category. I think Father Nadrum's mom also fit into this category when she was dying. Many faithful Catholics and other Christians have over the years. You can have a lot of hopes and still despair. But if you have the virtue of hope firmly planted in your heart, you will never despair. Even, all, even if all your hopes are dashed in a single instant. Are you confused yet? Mm-hmm. Don't have to be. The difference is really quite simple. Hopes refer to our aspirations, the desires of our heart, that concern the things that we need or the things that we want in this life. I hope to get accepted at the college I really want to go to. I hope to get married and have a family someday. I hope this pandemic will end soon and I'll be able to restore normalcy again to my life. I hope Father Ray doesn't preach too long today. I have things to do around the house. We all have that common hope. But those are some examples of common hopes that people have. You could add many others. I'm sure the possibilities are almost endless. But that's not what we mean when we talk about the theological virtue of hope. Hopes, plural, relate to the things of this world. The virtue of hope, on the other hand, points us to heaven, the ultimate goal of human existence. Hope, in this sense, is rooted in faith. In fact, your hope is really only as strong as your faith is. The Catechism puts it in this way, in paragraph 1817, says it wonderfully. Hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life is our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. Today's Gospel story from Luke 24. Two disciples meet the risen Jesus as they're walking from Jerusalem to the town of Emmaus on Easter Sunday, although initially they don't recognize our Lord. These disciples are clearly upset, they're confused, and they're very depressed. In fact, at one point, St. Luke explicitly says they stopped looking downcast. Then our Lord begins to question them about the events of Holy Thursday and Good Friday. In the course of their conversation, they say to him, sadly, we were hoping, we were hoping that this Jesus would be the one to redeem Israel. We were hoping. Clearly, these men had a hope with regard to Jesus. The real question is, did they have the theological virtue of hope in their hearts? I would say, no, they didn't, at least not at this point. 
That's one reason why they were so depressed. You see, most, most of the Jews in the first century expected the Messiah to be a great earthly ruler, somebody like King David, a ruler who would get rid of the Romans and restore the nation of Israel to its former greatness. Well, apparently that's also what these two disciples thought. They were looking to be redeemed from the Romans, not from sin and eternal death. So one of their hopes for Jesus was that he would become a great leader, a great revolutionary leader, somebody who would bring the Jewish people together, lead them into a revolt, in a, revolt a successful revolt against the evil Roman Empire. That was a misguided hope. And that was totally destroyed, that misguided hope was, when our Lord was nailed to the cross on Good Friday. No wonder they were so upset. But thankfully, Jesus made sure that this false hope was replaced in these two disciples by something greater and much more important, namely, the Christian virtue of hope. Jesus starts off by helping these men to understand that true redemption, redemption from sin, has in fact taken place through the Messiah's suffering and death. And that this death was actually the Messiah's path to eternal life. He says to them at one point, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke! Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and so enter his glory? And finally, when they recognize him at table and realize that he's alive, they begin to understand that his resurrection means something wonderful for them, personally for the other faithful followers of Jesus, present and future. And that's the moment when they begin to have hope. True Christian hope, the theological virtue of hope, as well as the joy that comes from that hope. The things I said at the beginning of my homily should now make perfect sense to you. I said it's possible for a person to have many hopes, but no hope at the same time. In other words, a person can have many earthly aspirations and goals, but if his ultimate focus is not on Jesus Christ and the kingdom of heaven, his life will be without hope, the hope that comes from faith in Jesus. I also said that it's possible for a person to have a lot of hope and at the same time very few, if any, hopes. When my mother was on her deathbed in 1990, she knew she was dying. She accepted that fact. I didn't accept it too well, but she did. So she didn't have any more earthly aspirations and desires, but she did have hope, a deep, profound hope in her heart of living forever with Jesus Christ, whom she always referred to as her best friend. Preparing this homily, I thought also of St. Monica, the mother of St. Augustine. Most of you know Augustine's story. Way back in the 4th century, Monica prayed very hard for him to give up his wild ways and become a Christian. Finally, after many years, he did. Listen now to how Augustine described a conversation he had with his mother shortly before she died. Augustine said, The day was now approaching when my mother Monica would depart from this life. The two of us all alone were enjoying a very pleasant conversation forgetting the past and pushing on to what is ahead. We were asking one another in the presence of the truth, for you are the truth, what it would be like to share the eternal life enjoyed by the saints, which eye has not seen nor ear heard, which has not even entered into the heart of man. 
We desired with all our hearts to drink from the streams of your heavenly fountain, the fountain of life. That was the substance of our talk, though not the exact words. But you know, O Lord, that in the course of our conversation that day, the world and its pleasures lost all their attraction for us. My mother said, Son, as far as I am concerned, nothing in this life now gives me any pleasure. I do not know why I am still here, since I have no further hopes in this world. I did have one reason for wanting to live a little longer, to see you become a Catholic Christian before I died. God has lavished his gifts on me in that respect, for I know that you have even renounced earthly happiness to be his servant. So what am I doing here? At the end of her life, St. Monica apparently had no hopes whatsoever, but she had a superabundance of hope in her heart. You can have a lot of hopes and still despair, as I said at the beginning of my homily, but if you have the true virtue, Christian virtue of hope planted firmly in your heart, you will never despair. Even if all your hopes are in the past, or even if all your hopes are dashed in a single instant. So the bottom line, my brothers and sisters, is very simply, having hopes is a good thing. Having hopes is very good. But having hope is much, much better and much, much more important. Dear Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill us with hope, now and always. Amen. Amen.